Martha, what's wrong? My brother is dead. Show me the tomb.
God is good and all the time. Would you let the worship arts team, let them know how much you appreciate them helping us to jump into this weekend's story. Wow. We are in this series, Signs, uh, Encountering the Extraordinary, and, and we're looking at well, the, the signs that are found in the Gospel of John, the miracles that Jesus performed. And today we're going to look at what you could say is the most amazing of all of the signs, of all the miracles, that moment where Jesus brings his friend Lazarus back from the dead. I heard about a pastor, his mother-in-law had passed away. And he was getting ready for the funeral and the pastor was inside the building and they were bringing the casket around the corner and as they brought it through the doors, they bumped into the side of the door. The casket moved and they heard a voice inside. And they opened it up and they found out that the mother-in-law, it was a miracle, she was still alive. And so she went on to live another 10 years and then she passed away. And so here they are again, the pastor is there in, in front and he's waiting for them to bring the casket through the doors. And just as they're getting close to the doors, he says, don't bump into that corner. <laughs> Be careful. Don't wake her up again. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, when it comes to this moment where Jesus brings his friend back from the dead, it's a very powerful moment. And I want this to get in your spirit today, that it's not over until Jesus says it's over. And when you need a resurrection, he is the resurrection. Can somebody say amen? amen. That Jesus is the grave robber. I mean, he's the winemaker, he's the water walker, he's the X factor, he's the way maker. And today we see that Jesus is the grave robber. And if you need a resurrection, he is the resurrection. And maybe this weekend, Wow, when you came through the doors, you feel a little bit like the walking dead. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel like the walking dead. And something's been buried on the inside of you. Maybe there's a dream that's been buried on the inside of your heart. We have a class here at the cathedral. It's a dream class. And there was a young man by the name of Steve who was taking this class. And in the class, one of the questions they ask is, what's the dream that you have? Because everything starts with a dream. But every time they'd come around to Steve, they would ask him, what's your dream? And he would always give the same answer, I don't have a dream. And week after week, they would ask him the question and he would give the same answer. He wasn't even sure why he kept going to the class, but something kept pulling at him and pulling at him. And then one day he's in the class and they're going around asking that same question. And about that 
time they hear a siren outside. And when they hear that siren, Steve gets big tears in his eyes. And he opens up to the class and he says, anytime I hear a siren, anytime I see a fire truck, it reminds me of a dream I once had. I once had a dream to be a firefighter. But when I was taking the paramedics class, you have to do that to become a firefighter. Two weeks away from graduation, I failed because of my grades. And when that happened, have you seen how failure can just bury you? If you let it, failure can bury you and bury your dreams. And that's what happened to him. He walked away from his dream. His dream was dead. It was buried. But in that moment, God, the spirit of God began to move and resurrect that dream. And that class began to pray with him and encourage him and support him. And he went back to paramedic school and he passed that school with flying colors. And today, if you run into Steve, you'll find that he's living his dream. He is a firefighter because that is what Jesus can do. He's the grave robber. And when you need a resurrection, he'll give you a resurrection. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. And that's what, well, that's the big takeaway from our story this weekend. And so walk with me through the story because I believe you're not here by accident and you're not here by chance. That if something's been buried on the inside of you, Jesus is in this place and he's the grave robber and you can leave here different than the way you came in. Walk with me through this amazing story of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. The first thing we run into is an unexpected delay. An unexpected delay. Don't you hate when that happens? The story begins in John chapter 11. We read, a man named Lazarus was sick. The sister sent a message to Jesus. Lord, they told him, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. Circle the word end. Underline the word end. Jesus knows where this is going. No, it is for God's glory. God's son will receive glory because of it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So after he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was at for two more days. Here we are. You could say a part from the disciples, these were his three closest friends, Mary, Martha, and his homeboy, Lazarus. And now his homeboy is sick. And the sickness goes from bad to worse very quickly. And the sisters sit down to write a note to Jesus. And they're gonna send that note with a runner. Let me ask you a question. If you were going to sit down and write a note to Jesus and you knew your brother's life depended on it, what would you write in that note? Now, we live in the Silicon Valley, and so we know a lot about putting our best foot forward. And so I think we would make that note like a resume 
And we'd write out all of the reasons why Lazarus deserves to be healed. Jesus, this is one of the good guys. He really is. He's a good man. He's a good brother. He's a good worker. He's a good provider. Jesus, he's one of the good guys. He, he visits those who are in prison. I mean, he's quick to help out the poor. He leads a, a Boy Scout troop. He, you know, he's part of the Rotary Club. He, he volunteers at the animal shelter. He gives 10% of his income at church. And if that's a, not enough, Jesus, he's also a member of the Raider Nation. Hello. <laughs> Jesus, this guy, he's one of the good guys. Most of all, he believes in you. He follows you. He loves you. We would expect the note to read, Jesus, Lazarus, loves you. If you had one note to write to save your brother, Jesus, Lazarus is one of the good guys. He loves you. And then we read something that turns our idea upside down. Instead of writing the one who loves you is sick, here's what the sisters write. The one you love is sick. They believe that the most powerful appeal they can make to Jesus to help their brother is Jesus' love for Lazarus. Not Lazarus' love for Jesus, it's Jesus' love for Lazarus. And that right there is at the heart of the gospel. That when push comes to shove, it's not your love that matters most, it's his love that matters most. That's what grace and the gospel is all about. Have you ever thought about this, that John 3.16 does not read, for the world so loved God, that the world was so crazy about God that God was in heaven and the world was down here and the world said, God, we are so devoted to you. We are so passionate about you. God, we love you so much. Will you please come down and visit our planet? No, that's not what it says. Instead, it says, for God so loved the world. Amen. That when push comes to shove, it's not about my work, it's about God's work. It's not about my goodness, it's about God's goodness. It's not about my love, it's about God's love. That is at the heart of the gospel. God's love is what matters most. Can we give God praise for his amazing love? Hallelujah! The one you love is sick. You're the one that God's love. Do you believe that today? Do you own that today? You know, look at someone and tell them you're the one he loves. Go ahead. You're the one he loves. Boy, let that take hold of your heart. So here they write the note. Jesus gets the note that his homeboy is very sick. And what does Jesus do? You would expect to read, well, Jesus put the pedal to the metal and got to his friend as quick as he could. But instead we read that Jesus read about Lazarus and then he stays where he's at for two more days. What? 
Are you kidding me? Two more days? You love Lazarus and yet you stay where you're at for two more days? I mean, when I text somebody and they don't text me back right away, come on, man, don't leave me hanging, bro. I saw a guy who had been waiting for a text a very long time, me waiting for a text from you. But you know how it is when you text somebody, you know what I'm talking about? And they don't text you back right away, or it, uh, an hour goes by, 12 hours go by, a day goes by, do they still love me? Two days go by, you don't hear from them. Two days, Jesus, we texted you, and you stay where you're at. Two days, we're waiting to hear from you. And this, well, the big takeaway from this moment is right here, lock into this. God's table is different than our timetable. God's timetable is different than our timetable, and God's delays are not God's denials. Delays are not denials. Say that with me. Delays are not denials. As someone needs to hear that this week, and you really do, because right now you're in the middle of what I would call a delay. You texted Jesus and you're waiting for that text back. When is that job going to open up? Or when is that ministry going to take off? Or when are those kids going to finally turn around? Or when am I going to find a spouse? Am I ever going to find a spouse? And you've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And God brought you into this moment to remind you that God's timetable is different than your timetable. That Jesus will show up. Delays are not denials. And when he does show up, he'll do something even greater than what you're hoping for. He really will. Amen. Let's give God praise. They were hoping that, well, Jesus would show up and heal their sick brother. Jesus is going to show up and bring their brother back from the dead. I have one dream. God has a greater dream. God's timetable is different than my timetable. And delays are not denials. A friend of mine, he talks about how his journey, how he put in an application to work at Apple. God had put a dream in his heart to go and work at Apple Computer. And he worked very hard. And he prepared. And he studied. And he did his homework. And he went in for the interview and he just, he thought he nailed the interview and he prayed. And when he heard back from them, he was rejected. He didn't get the job. And it just, man, that kind of thing, when you feel like you're tracking with the dream that God has for you and you've done your homework and it doesn't happen in that moment, it really threw him for a loop. But he went back. And he believed that delays are not denials, amen? And that God's timetable is different than your timetable. And he went back and he prepared even more. And six months later, they called him back for a different interview. This time, it was for another job, a better job, a higher paying job, a job where he would oversee 200 engineers. He went in and interviewed for that job. He got that job. And here is what he writes. 
I gave it my all, and God rewarded me with giving me technical direction to over 200 engineers. I learned through this time that delays are not denials, that God ultimately has a plan, and the troubles he seemingly puts me through are only for my benefit. Can we give God praise? Amen. Delays are not denials. Hold on to the promise. Delays are not denials. Say that with me. Delays are not denials. Oh, say it like you own it. One more time. Delays are not denials. If you need a resurrection, Jesus is the resurrection. He is the grave robber. And next we see what I call a tale of two sisters. When Jesus does show up, he's late. To them, he's late. He's right on time. He's always on time. But when he shows up, he comes and he sees the two sisters, and we can see what they say. First of all, he runs into Martha, and she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then he runs into Mary, and Mary said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Is there an echo in here? Does that sound familiar? The sisters say the same thing to Jesus, both of them. We don't know the tone of their voice, but I wonder if it was a little passive aggressive. Jesus, it's not your fault, but if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. Jesus, we're not blaming you, but if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Jesus, you know, we're just saying... If you had been here, our brother had not, would not have died. So the sisters, what was their tone? We can't be sure. But they say the same exact thing to Jesus. And then Jesus responds to them in two very different ways. Later on this week at Daydreaming with Pastor Ken, I'll talk to you about his response to Mary. But today I felt in my spirit I wanted to hone in on the back and forth he has with Martha because he speaks to Martha. He speaks to her mind and he challenges her faith. See, Martha had what you could call faith in the past. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She had faith in the past. And then she has what you could call faith in the future. She said, Martha said, I know that my brother Lazarus will rise again. This will happen when people are raised from the dead on the last day. She has faith for the past and she has faith for the future. But Jesus is going to do something. He's going to challenge her faith to bring her faith right into the present. And he is going to make one of the greatest declarations he ever makes. He steps up to Martha in that moment and he says to her, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even if they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let me ask you a question. Do you believe this? Let me ask you again. Do you believe this? Jesus wants to take our faith from the past and from the future 
and bring it right into the now that even now, even now, say that with me, even now, his resurrection power and presence is available. His resurrection power and presence is available even now. Now there's a little bit of even now in Martha. Martha says to Jesus at one point, she says, I know that even now, say that with me, even now, I know that even now God will give you anything you ask for. There's a little bit of even now, but it seems to me, because later on it's clear in the passage that Martha doesn't believe that Lazarus is going to come back from the dead. That's not what she's expecting. So it seems to me that this even now, I'd like to suggest that she's saying it because she knows it's something that she should say. And so she's just saying it. Has that ever happened to you? You're in church and you just say what you should say, even though down deep, God is good all the time. Right? <laughs> all the time, God is good, right? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, Jesus, even now, you know, even now we believe, even now, even now. Say that with me, even now. But what Jesus does is he takes wherever she's at, I'm not sure, but he takes what little faith that she has, even now, and he meets her right there. And he says, even now is exactly right. Resurrection power is here even now. Resurrection potential is here even now. Mary, take your faith out of the past and out of the future because even now, I am the resurrection. Not I was the resurrection. Not I will be the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And resurrection is here even now. Hallelujah. Bring your faith right into the present. Well, this happened uh, to a lady, Alma, who's a part of our, our Spanish campus. Just to give a shout out to our Spanish campus, God's doing amazing things. They now have over 300 people that are attending every weekend right here at the San Jose Spanish campus. Can we give God praise? It's a, amazing. They're growing. They're expanding. And, and recently, one of the ladies from that campus, she, she had one of those even now moments. She was diagnosed with an, a very aggressive form of cancer. And when you hear the word cancer and you get that diagnosis, well, your faith can go to the past. You know, if only, if only I didn't have cancer. If only cancer didn't show up. Or your faith can jump to the future. One day... We're going to be in heaven. And in heaven, there's going to be no more sickness. In heaven, there's going to be no more cancer. Anybody looking for that day, amen? I'm looking for that day. But she also believed that even now, the resurrection power of Jesus is at work in the world even now. And so a couple of weeks ago, she prays with Pastor John Mendez. And they're praying for healing. And she goes in the next day 
She's going in to get a scan, and after the scan, they're going to plan on the operation and the chemo that will follow. And when she takes the scan, they review the scan, and the doctors say, it's a miracle. The cancer has diminished. She declares she's cancer-free to the glory of God. That's what you call the extraordinary even now. Can we give God praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even now. Even now. Say that with me. Even now, delays are not denials. And that even now, that resurrection power is at work. And here's the last movement in that story. The last movement is this. Never put a period where God puts a comma. Everybody, if you're comfortable doing this, just take your finger and just draw a comma. Go ahead and do that. Just draw that comma. Never put a period where God puts a comma. There's an old movie called Princess Bride. It's one of my favorite movies. And there's a scene in the movie where a guy is dead, or I should say he's mostly dead. Watch the screens and you can see it for yourself. He probably owes you money, huh? Well, I'll ask him. He's dead, he can't talk. Look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Please open his mouth. Now, mostly dead, he's slightly alive. Now, all dead, well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. What's that? Go through his clothes and look for loose change. When Jesus goes to the tomb, Lazarus isn't mostly dead, nearly dead. Lazarus, it says, is four days dead. Jesus says, take away the stone. And Martha says, but Lord, the sister of the dead man says, by this time there is a bad odor. The King James says, by this time he stinketh. For he has been there four days. Four days. Say that with me. Four days. Don't miss the importance of that number. Because in the culture, they believed that when a person died, the spirit stayed there. For three days, it hovered over the body. So for three days, there was a chance, a little chance, but there was a chance that the spirit could re-enter the body. But on the fourth day, the spirit left. And so that meant there was no chance. It was over. But Jesus shows up, and it's not over until Jesus says it's over. Even if you're four days dead, it's not over. The Bible says Jesus then cried out in a loud voice. Loud voice. Say that with me. Loud. Oh, say it loud. Loud. I need you to help me preach this one. How loud was it? Well, it was loud enough for that crowd to hear and to believe. Can somebody say amen? amen. It was loud enough for the demons to hear and to tremble. Can somebody say amen? amen. It was loud enough for death to hear and obey. Can somebody say amen? amen. It was loud enough for the dead man to hear and come back to life. Can somebody say amen? amen. It was loud enough for us 2,000 years later to hear it's not over till Jesus says it's over. Can somebody say amen? amen. Yes. 
Jesus called out in a loud voice. He said, Lazarus, come out. Someone once said, if he wouldn't have said Lazarus' name, the entire graveyard would have emptied. <laughs> Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Was this a miracle within the miracle? I mean, Lazarus was wrapped in 100 pounds of grave cloths. Think of the mummy. He was wrapped up. He was, his body was wrapped up, his legs were wrapped up, his arms were wrapped up. How did Lazarus get out of that tomb? Did it look something like this? <laughs> Can you see Lazarus coming out of the tomb? Jesus turns a tragedy into a comedy. And here is Lazarus coming out of the tomb. Maybe that became the latest dance craze. Everybody do the Lazarus, amen, right? Jesus turns a tragedy into a comedy, and there he is. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. Never put a period where God puts a comma. And so, friend, wherever you're at this weekend, God has a word for you. If you feel like you're four days dead, like your joy is four days dead, your peace is four days dead, your finances are four days dead, your marriage is four days dead. If you feel like you've been buried in your addiction, buried in your bitterness, buried in your despair, just buried by your failure, buried by your sin, the grave robber is in the house. And if you hear him call your name, can you hear him calling your name? Come out of that grave. Jesus is in the house and it's not over until he says it's over. In history, you find that much of the great art was inspired by biblical themes or biblical stories. And this is one of those paintings. It's called The Raising of Lazarus. And it was painted by one of the, the great artists, Van Gogh. And you can see in this painting that he has the Martha and Mary in the painting. And Lazarus is here and yellow is up here because Van Gogh in his paintings, whenever he used yellow, it was a sign and a symbol of hope for him. And Van Gogh did something very interesting with this painting. He took his face and he put it in the face of Lazarus. This is Van Gogh. He painted his face right here. Because while he's painting this painting, he's in a mental hospital. He is battling depression. He's buried by depression. And he paints this painting as a statement of faith. I need a resurrection. And when you need a resurrection, he is the resurrection. Jesus is the grave robber, and it ain't over till Jesus says it's over. Can somebody give God praise, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Those who are watching online, wherever you're at on campus, those around the bay, 
right here in the building, if you'd say, Pastor Ken, I need to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I need to become a follower of Jesus. Today, I need to start that journey. I want to agree with you that today is your day to put your faith and trust in him, that the signs point to him. Follow the signs. They take you to Jesus. And you want to surrender your life to Jesus today. Would you lift up your hand real high and just say, Pastor Ken, that's me today. God bless you. God bless you. Boy, all over the building, those watching online, those on our online campus, just let us know. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you. Now, I want to talk to another group. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, there's something in my life. I just, being real, just being real, I just feel buried. Hope is buried. My dreams are buried. Now, I, I feel like my life is over. This person left me. You know, I, I, this happened. This, the, and I just feel like it's over for me. Friend, it's not over till Jesus says it's over. And if you feel buried by your anxiety, buried by your depression, whatever it is, you need the resurrection power that even now, maybe you're in that waiting time, and you need to just claim delays are not denials. I want to agree with you. You'd say, Pastor Ken, I need his resurrection power to touch my life today. Would you lift up your hand real high that even now we're believing Jesus, we're putting our faith in you. Amen. I'm gonna invite you, if you would, to stand with me, everybody. Let's keep locked into this moment. The worship team is going to lead us in that course we sang a moment ago. And as they lead us, let it be your faith declaration. I invite you to sing along with them, declare it yourself. But if you want to be silent, just stand and receive it. They're singing it over you. Let this be your statement of faith that God's in the house today. The grave robber is here. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. And well, his resurrection power is alive and well. All God's people said, amen, amen. Even now, say that with me, even now. Pastor Vaughn, would you lead us? Hallelujah. My God, my God is calling me. Rise up, come out in victory. My God, my God is calling me. Rise up, come out. soldiers watched in vain was borrowed for three days his body
can we give him praise with a loud voice today? Hallelujah! Amen. Even now, delays are not denials. And it's not over till Jesus says it's over. Amen? Amen. Do you know what time it is? Let me see what time it is. It's, it's resurrection time. Amen.